Welcome to the sermons of First Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor James Hunick, and I hope that these sermons help edify you and help you in your Christian faith. Please join us on Sundays for worship at 8.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. with a Bible study in between. If you'd like to know more about us or want to know more about the Lutheran tradition, please visit us at www.youhaveaplace.com or reach out to me at pastorhunick at youhaveaplace.com. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I grew up in a very musical family, and so songs and musical pieces come easily to my head. And every once in a while, I read a Bible passage and a song just leaps into my brain. Um, usually, it's preschool songs, because I lead a preschool chapel once a week, and I get to sing a lot of these like short, quippy, catchy songs. Um, their favorite is the hippo song. Um, I don't know if you know it. Well, probably not, because it's, it's just for preschoolers. And it goes, in the beginning God made the seas and the forest filled with trees. He built the mountains up so high. On the top he placed the sky. God's fingerprints are everywhere. Just to show how much he cares. In the middle he had loads of fun. Made a hippo that weighed a ton. And this is the best part, because it's a hippo. They go, hip, hip, hippopotamus. Hip, hip, hooray, God made all of us. And it is the cutest thing you have ever seen. But that's not the song for today. That's just a fun excuse to sing the hippo song. The song for today is Father Abraham. Have you heard this song before? Catchy little kid's song. It goes, Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham, I am one of them, and so are you, so let's all praise the Lord. Heard that one? No? And then, of course, you sing it again, and every time you sing it, you, have to, you move a different part of your body, so you go, right arm, and I have to do this arm, because the left arm, because I'm facing the kids, and they wouldn't figure it out. You go, right arm, left arm, right foot, and you do the whole thing. It's kind of a silly kid song, and by the end, they're laughing so much they don't get to sing. But it is deeper than many of us give it credit. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. And I think this song fits really well with what our reading from Genesis is trying to get across to us. God is making a covenant with Abraham that promises something that fits with this song. And it helps us to understand what is going on. So what I'd like to do is use the song as an outline for our sermon to see what it teaches us about Father Abraham. So let's start. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. So the first words of this are Father Abraham. In this reading, Abram becomes Abraham. 
right? God changes his name from one name to the other. Exalted Father to multitude of nations. But it's still kind of a weird name because Father Abraham still did not have the son of the promise. When God came to him the first time and said, I will make you into a great nation, it was 24 years ago. Can you imagine waiting half of my lifetime for a promise to come through? Actually, more than half, in case you're wondering. 24 years between when God said, I will give you a son, and now. And it still has not happened. Abraham was 99. And his wife Sarah was 90. Can you imagine? Having a baby at 90. And God comes down and repeats the same promise that he has been repeating for the last 24 years. He calls him Abraham, father of a multitude. Now, we know that it happened. The very next chapter begins the fulfillment of this promise that Abraham is going to have a child. We see the three visitors come to Abraham and Sarah, and they make this promise, and then Sarah gets pregnant. And they have a baby. And they name him Isaac. God is calling him Abraham, and we call him Father. Because God does Amazing things, impossible things in this moment. This covenant that he makes with Abraham, a promise based only on God's grace and his will and his promise to Abraham, means that the impossible will happen. And we see something like this, something impossible like this, happen throughout Scripture. God makes Sarah pregnant. He gives a baby to Hannah, who was called barren. We see it happen over and over again in the New Testament to Elizabeth, who was also well beyond her childbearing years and even greater miracle in the Virgin Mary, who has a baby named Jesus. And the New Testament tells us that God can raise up children for Abraham from even the stones. God can do the impossible, no matter what they thought. He even could raise a man from the dead. Because nothing is impossible for God. And we call Abraham father... Because we have a sure and certain promise from the Father in heaven that he can do the impossible for you. That on the last day, when his son Jesus Christ returns, he will call you from the grave. 
father Abraham. The next line is many sons. Father Abraham had many sons. Now, in the actual history of the Bible, Father Abraham did have many actual biological children. The first one was Ishmael. And what we don't read in Genesis chapter 17 is coming right after this. God gives him the promise, and Abraham's like, well, can't we just use Ishmael? I mean, he's, he's alive and pretty good. But God says, nope. You're going to get the son of my promise, Isaac. And later on, after Sarah dies, Abraham gets married again, and he has one, two, three, four, five, six more sons. Their names are Zimron, Jokshan, Medon, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. There will be a test after the sermon. But these aren't the sons the song is describing. The sons come through Isaac. Isaac is the son of the promise. Not Ishmael that was a, something that Abraham tried to take into his own hands, but Isaac, the one who would be born of 90-year-old Sarah. God says, and I will establish my covenant between you and your offspring after you throughout the generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And this might as well be the summary of the entire story of the Old Testament, right? God says, I will be God to you and to your offspring forever. And what we see is a God who is faithful to a people that grows out of this son Isaac over all history. He is faithful to them even when they turn away. When he brings them out of Egypt and they complain in the wilderness. When they get to the promised land and they say, you know, the people in there are kind of scary. Let's not go in. When they get into the promised land and they worship false gods over and over. When the kings come up and they lead them astray, God is constantly faithful to them over and over and over. And he is most faithful when he sends his son, Jesus Christ, another son born in miraculous ways, a child of Abraham throughout all the generations who becomes this perfect son who is righteous and blameless in God's sight and fulfills God's perfect promise for all of history. The covenant with Abraham is now fulfilled that God would be a God to his people through his son, Jesus Christ, and the whole world would be blessed, including you and me. And this covenant that we see given to Abraham always points to that Savior, Jesus Christ. So that the sons of Abraham could be gathered together in Christ and made God's people. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. 
I am one of them, and so are you. This is kind of the craziest part of the song, isn't it? I am a child of Abraham, and so are you. And I have to tell you, I have, as far as I can tell, no genetic relationship with Abraham. My people come from a different part of the world, but that's not, that's actually the whole point, right? Being a child of Abraham does not mean being biologically related to the man. The covenant with Abraham was that he would be a father of a multitude, father of the people. And through Christ, we realize that all people in Jesus Christ are brought into that promise and made children of Abraham. This is not a new thing in the New Testament either. It had always been this way. All the way back throughout the history of God's people, foreigners were brought into the family of God by faith, by trusting in the promises given to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, and all the rest. The best examples come from the line of Jesus' family. Rahab the prostitute in Jericho one of the people that they were supposed to wipe out and kill. When the spies come to the city of Jericho and she saves them, she expresses her faith in the God of Abraham. And she becomes a part of God's people, part of the family line of Jesus. Something similar is true for Ruth. Ruth, the mother of Obed, the, the father of Jesse, the father of King David. Ruth is, part, uh, is married into the family of Naomi. And when all of the husbands die off, she is brought into the family of God by traveling with her mother-in-law back to Bethlehem and being faithful to her and to her God. God's people have always been made up of foreigners. The children of Abraham have always gathered together brothers and sisters from a different family line. And it goes all the way down through history, all the way down to you. You are a child of Abraham. You are a son of the promise. An heir, along with Isaac, of eternal life because you have been brought into Jesus Christ by your baptism. Because it's baptism where you become adopted into this family, joined together with, our, with all of the people of God as children of Abraham to inherit all of the amazing promises that God gave him. So that just as Christ is raised from the dead, we too will rise on the last day. Which means we are all one great big family, the family of God. In every church and every sanctuary all over the world, we are one people bound together by this covenant that God gave Abraham all the way back in the book of Genesis. 
Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord, right? How could we do anything but praise God for this amazing gift of the covenant promise given to Abraham being given to you? That through Jesus Christ, we are saved. We are given life. We are gathered together in God's family. So let's all praise the Lord. How do we do that? Of course, we can sing our songs of praise and we can shout to the Lord, maybe raise our hands and say, God, you're awesome, but those aren't the praises that God really desires. Those are actually for us. They teach us about who he is. The praises God desires is the works of love that a family does for one another, right? If we are truly children of Abraham bound together in Christ, the love of God works through us towards each other. We welcome each other. We work for each other. We love one another. So we forgive one another, care for each other, and welcome each other into this family. And that's what praising God means. As we praise the Lord for his gifts, it means loving the people who are near us, our fellow members of this body of Christ, fellow children of Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our sermons. If you have any questions about anything that you've heard or anything about the Lutheran tradition, I would love to answer them. Please contact me at pastorhuenink at youhaveaplace.com.